0: Shin! Standing by. Complete.
1: Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are the Henshin Men a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking
0: adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 26 and 27. The Terrifying Ant-Lion Pit Kyofu no Oriji Goku, Colonel Soul arrives in Japan and wreaks havoc disguised as Taki. Guess who's back? Back again. Travis back. Tell a friend, welcome back Travis. <laughs> Yay, I'm back. <laughs> your pre- your absence was definitely felt.
1: <laughs> I am yeah, I'm glad that you were able to keep the show going while I took a break, but I am so glad
0: to be back to talk about Common Rider. Yes, as I mentioned in those episodes, I refuse to talk about common writer without you (laughs) just doesn't feel right you know what i mean
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey you did you did such a great job covering the the power rangers uh pilot and the uh the the ultraman zero like side story Mm -hmm. uh And just a big Mm -hmm. thank you to the guests that you had on for those, Michael Hamilton, uh, Jack, Jr. from from the Drift Space podcast. They did a fantastic job. Uh, I listened to the episodes. They were great. So just a big, huge thank you to everyone and to our Mm -hmm. listeners who were patient as I took a break because, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, lots of real life stuff has happened and I needed to take a few weeks off. But I'm back. I'm back to talk about Common writer. and oh boy, what? Uh, just some absolutely fantastic episodes to come back to.
0: <laughs> yes, we we the first thing we need to talk about is we have a new character. We have a new villain. Yeah. We actually have kind of a face of the shocker elite. I suppose. Wait, I have a Even Simpsons though he's re- supposed to be the head of another branch.
1: I have a Simpsons ref- reference here. I'm seeing double, four talkies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, oh yeah. We got. We have a mistaken identity episode in the, uh, with this as well. <laughs> but i mean when we're introduced to colonel zoll i mean he, he's got a semi-nazi uniform and an eye patch. he's totally not evil i'm just saying absolutely not evil and the baton that he's constantly you know thwacking against his palm his gloved <laughs> palm yeah definitely not evil the,
1: the costume and the baton and everything reminded me and i and it's such a weird thing to remind me of but uh I don't know if you've ever seen or you remember the Charlie's Angels movie from the 2000s with Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore. The the
0: first one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: The first one. And Lucy Liu comes in dressed up in the all leather outfit as like this, like (laughs) disciplinarian for this big office a big company and stuff, and she has the the big baton that she just keeps slapping uh, and stuff, and it's just like, and, and as she comes in, it goes uh, the song Barracuda by Hart plays, and so <laughs> when Colonel Zol comes in, all I can hear in the back of my head is Ooh Barracuda. <laughs>
0: uh, I actually had a. Not quite as well. uh, Charlie's ain't the original Charlie's ain't just not that obscure, but I had a completely different thing in my head when I saw that. I thought of Akihiko Harada from Eber a Horror of the Deep Godzilla versus the Sea Monster.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's more on brand, but for some reason, yeah. (laughs) If that doesn't tell you how my brain works, I don't know what else does.
0: It Tells us a lot about how your brain works. I will admit, I might have thought for a hot second that that guy was Harada.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: It was a very short, hot second, but it was still there.
1: <laughs> well, no, no spoilers, but. Mm, mm.
0: Oh, no. OK. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. But coming so, up. Coming uh, up. <laughs> All right. Now, I want to talk about the opening of this episode. Yes. First off, we have the one of the first lines is, "You know, lightning won't strike a car." And I and I wrote my notes like I'm pretty sure I could cite some news stories where that's not quite the case. However, it is true that being in a car during a lightning storm is actually very safe.
1: Yeah, you're safer in a car than out in the open because uh, mm-hmm. the metal parts around you may conduct the electricity from a lightning strike away from you as long as you're not touching mm-hmm. any metal parts within the car. But it is definitely mm-hmm. a it is definitely false that lightning does not strike a car.
0: Yeah, but more importantly, we have to talk about how strong the tremors vibes are in the opening of this episode
1: <laughs> definitely absolutely tremors vibe because the, the like opening there of is tremors, a scene yeah go ahead there
0: is a scene in the first tremors movie that is basically this where it's yes. a car getting sucked under the sand at night
1: yes yes yeah that is the i think it's actually the opening of tremors or one of the first scenes of tremors uh is is is. that is basically this opening scene so yeah it it definitely reminded me a lot of tremors
0: yeah it's actually one of the most terrifying scenes in the entire movie (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah it is horrifying (laughs) absolutely horrifying and I'm not going to say that the people who worked on Tremors watched Common Rider somehow, but <laughs> yeah, maybe it's similar enough.
1: <laughs> I mean, the Tremors, I I swear that the creators of Tremors also watched Ultraman because uh, there's one of the monsters in, in the original 1966 Ultraman series that looks suspiciously
0: like a Tremors monster. Mm-hmm. This is true. Uh, Graboids. The graboids. You got to get specific here. Got to show that nerd card there. You know, right? It's graboids. (laughs) Now, oh, but man, the
1: the, now at the time of recording this, I am only a few days uh uh, removed from watching uh, the big movie release that everybody's been talking about online, which is Dune, uh, by Denis Villeneuve. And so I got mm-hmm. a lot of Dune vibes from this. And all I have to say is the spice must
0: flow. Yes. The spice must flow. The sand or sand worms. Uh, <laughs> if we could talk about Beetlejuice in that regard. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sandworms and Beetlejuice. There's a, uh, lot, of a lot of cultural references that involves
1: sand <laughs> and sandworms.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, I don't like sand. It's rough and it gets everywhere. Right. <laughs> exactly. You knew it was coming. Yeah. You knew it was coming. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Uh, if this we, was if this was the film vault right now, my producer would be yelling at me. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> We do have to talk about this the the kaijin of the week or or at least for this episode <laughs> and his design because he shows up and He's supposed to be an ant lion or an ant uh, or a bug of some kind, but he has these gigantic, bright red, puffy, Kardashian style lips.
0: <laughs> and he's also quite fuzzy. He is quite he fuzzy. He looks so cuddly. He looks so cuddly. I know he's supposed to be evil, but he looks so cuddly. I look at him and I'm like, I don't think you're going to murder me. I look at him and say like, oh, I want to give you to my five year uh, to my five year old niece. I mean,
1: <laughs> not with those lips, though. Those lips are horrifying. <laughs>
0: Like just uh, these- maybe i was too distracted by the big fuzzy uh antennae antler horn things i wasn't paying attention to the lips <laughs>
1: just uh it almost made my what the henshin award this week because just the, the these gigantic <laughs> wax lips looking things on this monster that's just so bizarre for a uh, a, a, a bug like it's supposed to be a bug
0: yeah. Well, I mean, admittedly, he has kind of a cool name. If this is an accurate name because as we've discussed before, no one can agree on how to translate these things, but apparently it's Antla Thunder. Antla Thunder, which actually does sound kind of cool. Actually sounds like that sounds like something that He-Man should be fighting. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does. I am Antla Thunder, He-Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It also sounds like a wrestling move.
0: It does sound like a wrestling move. Where's Pyrosaurus when you need him? Right, right, right. (laughs) And dang it, I don't. Do I still have the wrestling bell? I don't know if I have the wrestling bell anymore. Oh well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, so what's what's funny about this episode? Oh wait, no, I do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I still got it anyway but
1: what's what's funny about this episode and what's interesting about this episode is that even though we have the kaijin of the week with Antla thunder he's not actually like the main villain from this we've already talked about Colonel Zol oh. and how he shows up he is basically there to whip literally whip uh, shocker the Japanese <laughs> branch of shocker into shape because he succeeded in helping the Middle East
0: branch of Shaka. Middle? No the uh, the uh, the near and
1: far East branch. The, is it the near and far East? I thought it said the near and Middle. That's east. what he
0: said. No, nope, he said the near and far East. But you're in Japan. How much further east are you going? <laughs> I don't like, know. Like, Apparently, like, Japan is so important, it gets its own branch, and then everything, and then there's one that just covers the rest of Asia. Is the Far East
1: branch know. of uh, just like California? Because if you go east <laughs> of Japan, you basically end up in California.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's Far East from Japan, I think it's Far East from Europe. Okay. <laughs> I th- I
1: thought it said Middle East so I was thinking of like Afghanistan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia. That's what I was
0: thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But uh, basically Colonel Zol is kind of like if you were you were working in some like take for me for example. I used to work at a restaurant. So you're working in a chain restaurant and your particular restaurant's not doing very well. So then they send the manager from one of the more successful stores in the chain to whip your uh, store into shape. That's basically what happens here. So think of that. All of you who've had to deal with outside management coming in to fix your store. That's what this is. Yeah. Except they're a pseudo Nazi evil organization.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which, which also fits with a lot of the jobs that I've worked at. So yeah. Um wow uh but wow. No, like like so yeah he's the fixer he's the fixer that comes in but this is not the first time they've done this too because uh captagron was Cactogron, basically yeah. the same thing he was he was successful at the mexican branch and so they sent for him and he was defeated so this is not the first time they've done this uh shocker mm. has, done, has done this but Uh, this is all the first time where it's like, no, this guy actually seems like he's going to actually succeed because he's got some pretty interesting plans. Uh, the first of which involves a mission
0: impossible mask. (laughs) That whole thing. Okay. We need to talk about this because that confused me. Apparently he has magic facial cream that will just let him mold his face into whatever it needs to look like. And I'm sitting here thinking, how do you move cheekbones? <laughs> how why
1: do you have an eye patch if when you mold your face into a different yes! shape, you don't need it?
0: Like that is the other thing. I was just like, why do you why is the eye patch just for intimidation? Is it just for fashion? Because apparently his eye was that almost made the I that was one of several <laughs> candidates for the What the Henshin Award for me for this week. I was like, Why do you have an eye patch? You know, you know, he's only wearing it because he thinks it's cool. Okay, it's like David Tennant's doctor who would wear you know nerdy eyeglasses, but then he actually admitted at one point that he only wears them because they make him look clever. It's not because he needs them,
1: right? <laughs> yeah exactly um but no I'd like yeah he puts on the facial cream and shapeshifts into Taki uh so we get in this episode an evil Taki
0: yes uh, we get a mistaken identity episode because that is his plan apparently he wants to get Taki off of his back because and the FBI so he decides you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to disguise myself as Taki, and then I'm going to ride a motorcycle, get the cops to chase me, and then I'm going to beat up the cops.
1: Yeah. And, and actually murder okay. some of the cops, too, by the way, because they do say yeah. that that they accuse Taki of murder. So he actually killed some of those police officers when he attacked them.
0: Yes. 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 Uh, Zoltaki. Taki taki Zola? Taki Zol? Whatever. Uh... Yeah, I like Zoltaki. 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 (laughs) I think we just invented another villain to show up someplace in one of these Henson Hero shows. (laughs) I am Zoltaki.
1: (laughs) I want to give a I want to give a very special shout out to Taki good Taki real Taki's outfit in this episode because my, oh my goodness gosh. that is a heck of an outfit that he is wearing it is oh my like, gosh it has the fringe like yeah I expect like you know cuz it's the 70s so having jackets with the fringe is is one thing but this thing has fringe everywhere like it is fringe from oh. top to bottom And it is the just most 70s outfit in existence.
0: It is one of the most 70s things I think we've seen on this show so far. And that's saying a lot. All he was missing was a cowboy hat.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. He needed the black cowboy hat and he would have been
0: perfect. Oh my gosh, Just, just the sheer nuttiness of this i the funny thing is is i, I actually liked zoltaki's jacket more I, that was you know that snazzy kind of brown leather jacket is like that's cool you with the fringe i what is that <laughs>
1: <laughs> apple bottom jeans boots with the uh, jacket with the fringe
0: <laughs> all needed was some bell bottoms weren't the actually aren't all of them wearing bell bottoms
1: yeah yeah, I, I don't I remember. Think the writer girls at are.
0: least are wearing bell bottoms. Yeah,
1: they probably <laughs> are. Speaking of the writer girls, we only get one in this episode.
0: I know it's kind of strange, uh,
1: but she's still just as annoying.
0: <laughs> kinda, although she had she had a line. It was Yuri. I was trying to remember which one it was. It was Yuri. She actually had a line that I considered for Kamen at this week, just because I thought it was a bit ironic and funny. Cause she says, I'm a lady. I wouldn't hurt a fly. It's that, like, it's like that is tell that to some of the shocker goons that you've beaten up.
1: <laughs> yep. That's, that is um not to spoil the end of this episode, but uh that is in my awards because yeah. Oh I'm no, a, I
0: should have, I should have <laughs> read ahead. Sorry.
1: I'm a lady. I wouldn't hurt a fly says the black belt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, let's move on from that. <laughs> let's move on from that so I don't well, ruin okay. any more awards. Maybe so, I should go read ahead and make <laughs> sure I don't ruin any more.
1: <laughs> so, Antla Thunder decides to attack Common Rider and starts to capture Common Rider, suck Common Rider through the sand in this, like, big sand pit, and... That is a really. I really like that moment. Like, I think that the whole fighting in sand, the loose sand, and the the sand pits that they did. I think all of that's really cool. We'll talk about that more later.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I should have. I should have uh, that. Uh, so it's the sarlacc, except no sarlacc. But you know, oh, I just, yeah, I got to throw in more of the references. <laughs> so so yeah. as- except this would be the except this would be the sarlacc. Trying to eat the action figures. because just... <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I
0: swear they do a pretty good job of hiding it, but I'm still like, you guys went to the local toy store and bought a common writer action figure, threw it into sand and called it a special effect, didn't you? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They definitely did that. Um, but I do want I do want to say, and I know it's I know you have this as one of your awards, but when the Cyclone shows up we'll just say that because we'll save it for the end of the episode when we get to our awards i do (laughs) i do like that that uh hayato uh has to use his brains to kind of get out of this like he can't just jump out of the pit or he can't just ride or kick his way out he actually has to like use some tools that we don't see him use very often uh which you know is the on his belt he has like a uh, a thing that automatically controls the cyclone which we've we have seen that in the show before but i think that you know you rarely see him use it that uh this point in time when he actually uses that uh to escape from this pit i think it's i think it was really cool it was just like i said i like when common rider has to use his brains to escape a trap instead of just leaping out of it
0: yeah or muscling his way out of it something like that yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was pretty cool that was pretty cool <sighs> but man uh, there's uh, there's some craziness in this episode i'm just saying you know the uh, the mission impossible reveal because apparently everybody in shocker is a master of disguise oh yeah because you know, colonel zoll's just like ha ha, ha! i am not talking anymore and i'm just okay you did that sure now,
1: <laughs> i have a question for you nathan now do you think that hayato actually was fooled by colonel zoll's disguise as taki or was he just playing along until the you know big moment when he's like aha you you know you didn't have i saw through your disguise you didn't have me fooled because when they they go (laughs) hayato and the writer girl go and visit taki because he's been arrested he's in in jail right now while the police are investigating this person who looks like him who attacked them they leave from there they go back to hayato's apartment and there's Taki sitting there waiting for them, and they're like, "Oh, Taki, you got out!" And he's like, "Yes, they let me go because they caught the real, the the real bad guy, and it was a uh, shocker. And shocker was the one involved. And they're like, "Oh, yeah, we knew it all along. Good thing you're here, Taki. Like, you guys just left from the jail with Taki in yes.
0: it. Are yes. Are you
1: are you idiots?"
0: <laughs> uh i uh i don't think i don't think hayato was full i don't know about yuri but i don't think hayato was full however i kind of think that there might have been a little bit of uncertainty at first and he was probably trying to he was figuring it out okay and then because- when he saw him trying to plant a bomb he's like ha ha you're the imposter because yeah i don't I don't think Hayato would have been fooled. I wouldn't have been fooled. i have been like, wait a minute. I know there's an imposter running around. You're magically here when you were just at the police station. You're wearing a different, more fashionable coat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They even say, he even says to Taki while they're, while they're visiting him at the jail, that it must be somebody who has your face. So they even know that it's not just an imposter who's pretending to be Taki. It's somebody who looks exactly like Taki. And then when they get back to the apartment, they just treat him like, oh, yeah, you you, you got out of prison and, and we're so happy to see you. And it's like it, it had me wondering if Hayato actually did believe that was the real Taki. Now, of course, we don't have to worry about that because he does you know come out and catch the the evil taki in the act of putting a bomb Mm -hmm. on his bike but it was still just one of those moments of i is hayato just dumb in this episode or was he just playing along they don't uh, actually
0: answer it well uh hayato a lot of things i don't think dumb is one of them no he 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 might be a wee bit sexist as we've oh. established before, Oh, most
1: definitely, <laughs> most definitely.
0: <laughs> I think he had a little. He had a little bit of a sexist movement in this one too, where he was making Yuri and Goro go in. He's like, "Yeah, women and children later." And I'm thinking, "Okay, that's milder compared to what you've done before." But sure, <laughs>
1: yeah. Hayato does a lot of things. He's fashionable, sexist, in love with Taki. Uh...
0: <laughs> oh. Not necessarily because that's the the next episode. But that
1: scene at the jail was very tender. Was a very tender moment between the two of them.
0: (laughs) You go ahead and keep thinking that. I'm just saying, if that's the case, Taki is, as my grandfather would put it, dumber than a box of rocks because of what he says in the next episode. I'm just saying, but okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, let, let's just say we joked about something a few weeks ago that I think the show has confirmed. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Oh, oh yeah, I okay. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on, um, why didn't Common Rider take, the bomb off
0: his bike before he left to chase. Why after didn't? The back- okay. <laughs> Here's a better question. Here's a better question. I think, unless I'm mistaken, we had a scene right before this with with Zoltaki, and Hayato fell asleep on the couch, and. <laughs> uh, Zoltaki's first instinct is to, I'm going to plant a bomb on his motorcycle as opposed to killing him when he's sleeping.
1: He's asleep right next to you. Why are you going outside and
0: planting a bomb? (laughs) (laughs) Right there, man. Right there. Your enemy is sleeping next to you. Unless you just... Unless it's one of those cases where they are... Both so smart and outwitting each other so much that maybe Z- uh, Zoltaki knows that he's not uh, that Hayato is not actually sleeping he's faking it so he's like, I'm gonna pretend that he's actually asleep so he doesn't suspect a thing about me and then I'm gonna go outside while he's fake sleeping and put a bomb on his motorcycle, but then Taki's like, ha-ha, I was fake sleeping, and now I'm out here to tell you that I knew it was you all along. He so knows that I know that, I,
1: that he knows, and so uh, he it's doesn't this, know that I know that he knows that I know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just layer this upon really layer upon impossible. layer. <laughs> this really is Mission Impossible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha 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 I have outwitted you I have outwitted you outwitting ha ha I have outwitted you're outwitting you're outwitting wait what uh, can you construct that can you diagram that sentence for me a little bit I, this is like uh, this is like an inception of uh, of double crosses here <laughs> right
1: <laughs> oh man but it all it all leads to the epic showdown between Common Rider and Antla Thunder uh, on top of a hill yes. of sand. Uh, they
0: actually it looks like it looks like I'm gonna make I'm gonna really localize myself with this. It looks like Indiana dunes for me.
1: <laughs> <It's> like... Dune <laughs> The Spice Must Flow.
0: There you go, Dune reference, <laughs> we got it. And <laughs> they're fighting on top of what looks like a sand dune. <laughs> which I'm gonna tell you, that must have not been easy. Yeah, you know, with especially with some of the choreography that they're doing. You know, like uh, you had Common Writer doing a Frankensteiner on Antla Thunder, and then they're ro- they, they, yeah. ro- they ro- literally roll down the hill for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> the, the when you said
1: Frankensteiner, it took me a minute to figure out what you were talking about. But yeah, that moment I loved it because he just lands right on top of his head. And gets the gets Antler Thunder's head between his thighs. <laughs> and it's just this fantastic <laughs> it drags move. Drags
0: him down. <laughs> yep, yep, uh, yeah. And uh, I got to play that again for the uh, for another re- wrestling reference. That's a pro wrestling move. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, and then here's the thing that confuses me though. We get the writer kick as the finishing move, as you do. But he doesn't explode. I The whole time. I was sitting there. I'm not kidding you. I was sitting there the whole time waiting for him to explode. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> explode. And he didn't. I was like, I want the sand to like you know, fly up because he blows up. Because that's what the rider kick does. It makes the targets explode. But no, it didn't explode. He
1: just said they expensive. went with the ironic death we, of him. Sand is expensive. We can't just waste it with an explosion.
0: Yeah, apparently. Instead, we just go with the irony of him getting Ryder kicked into one of his uh, into one of his pits, right? You know, then he sinks into it because uh, because we didn't mention this, but the whole evil plan of the week was they were using Antler Thunder to cave in highways in Japan to create chaos. So basically, they're trying to destroy Japan's infrastructure, right? I didn't As know As evil what plans the plan go, was. I've heard worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the plan. Destroy okay. the highways. I, I mean,
1: I, I like. <laughs> I was so sad. caught up in the in the uh, I'm impersonating you, impersonating me, impersonating you uh, thing that I <laughs> didn't even know what
0: the plan was. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that gets a little bit lost in the shuffle, kind of like a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh and the only <laughs> other thing I want to mention before we move on to the next episode is uh this is kind of a weird uh this was kind of a weird thing. The uh the episode ends with Colonel Zoll actually hinting to what the next monster is, which is not I know. what you normally get. Normally you would either if it's a two-parter, you would get just to be continued, or you would just end it and then the next monster just shows up in the next episode. But here we actually have Colonel Zoll like actually introducing what the next week's monster is going to be.
0: Yeah. It's I don't know why they made that decision. Maybe it's because they really wanted to make Colonel Zoll look cool. I mean, apparently at the end of this episode, he can taunt Common Rider from a distance as a disembodied voice or something
1: yeah he has the he has the like god machine voice thing where he can just he speaks into it and it just blasts his voice anywhere
0: (laughs) yeah yeah which might not be too far from the truth as we (laughs) as we could infer from the next episode speaking of which let's head on to that one Santa Parra's Monster Classroom! Mukodelasu Kaijin Shoshitsu! Santa captures bright school children, recruiting them into Junior Shocker. Hayato tries to save them, only to run into a resurrected Saracenian and Gabba Condor!
1: The time before Stranger Danger existed, <laughs> kind of a weird time
0: period. <laughs> oh, there were so many jokes I wanted to make, so many jokes I, I wanted to make, but I, uh, but we have to keep this, at, you know, relatively PG. So I'm not going to.
1: <laughs> I mean, my note on this is just: creepy guy is creepy. Don't get in the van.
0: <laughs> yeah. This was back when the children were much more trusting. And apparently, it was totally okay and acceptable for you to get into a stranger's van. And I mean, like, full size van. Insert inappropriate joke that we all make and we're all making in our heads right now here. Okay.
1: <laughs> Just kids, kids. Creepy guy shows up in a trench coat says, hey, hey kids, you you wanna you wanna come with me? I'll show you common rider. <laughs> just just just, oh just get in just get in my van. Just climb in my van while I'll go show you common rider. And they're like, yeah, let's go see common rider. <laughs>
0: You, you have to say this with a little bit of a like a Renfield voice. Hey, kids, you wanna get in my van? <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> a Grossy Carmen Rider? I I'm best friends with him. <laughs> They're the spiders. They're so great a- to eat the spiders. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so bad it was just like oh man this is this is definitely from a different time in a different country and yeah <laughs> i i do
0: different just, everything not to mention whoa. those kids not to mention that we have four kids who are just running around unsupervised just being kids uh, and, and we have we now have confirmation we have in-universe merchandising for common writer because that kid was definitely not wearing a homemade mask that looked very store-bought. And I would make the argument that these kids are the first Common Rider cosplayers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Common Rider cosplay. Uh, yeah. My favorite line from this. It didn't, it didn't make my award, uh, but one of my favorite lines is you said I could be Common Rider all day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is is there's stuff like this all the time, especially in 70s ultra series. They do it's so funny because it feels weirdly meta, because it's just I don't know, it's just always kind of funny to see a superhero universe where there's in universe merchandising.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's happens really in Godzilla crazy. films um, too. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's really crazy. Uh so the kaijin of the week is a centipede, centiparos. Do centipedes mind control? Is that is that a thing? Why is this? Why
0: is that the power of this centipede oh, themed no, he has, monster? Uh, Travis, he has several superpowers. He has several. He has hypnotic mind control. He can rip off his hit one, some of his many legs and use them as throwing daggers, which admittedly is pretty cool. And also, he has the power of spooky lighting.
1: Yes. Oh, the spooky <laughs> lighting was so cool. I liked it.
0: Because he's just he's hiding in the trunk of the, of the Stranger Danger van it's not the guy driving <laughs> and he just uh, is like hey mister what are you doing and then he just pops like oh, <laughs> i have the power of spooky lightning I, I was lighting and now you are under my spell <laughs> I just,
1: what yeah. yeah it was, it was hilarious
0: <laughs> you have two handy superpowers and one that's just for show i get it okay <laughs> i mean admittedly uh antler thunder was a little bit wacky and this guy is another kind of wacky like antler thunders had the goofiest laugh it was kind of unintentionally hilarious you know even more so than usual with these shocker soldiers he
1: had his laugh reminded me so much of your well it's not your but it's it's whenever you reference the easter bunny from uh santa claus versus the martians (laughs) yeah that (laughs) yeah that is what his laugh sounded like in this episode it was it was like so uncanny
0: (laughs) i gotta admit i gotta admit we had two episodes in a row with a pair of of standout kaijin of the week, especially when it came to the laughs. I got to admit, although I think honestly, yeah. out of these two, I think I prefer Santa Paris. I actually really love what they did with the mask for Santa Paris because you could actually—I don't know what it is—the way that the mask frames the actor's eyes just looks really good, and it actually kind of adds a bit to the creep factor, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the the common rider kaijin, uh, the monsters have exposed eyes, like from the actor within the suit. Uh, but this one, it, yeah, it was really, it was really cool looking. I liked how it was designed. I liked all of the legs and how they they integrated that into it. Uh, I like you even said him pulling off his legs and throwing them like daggers was really cool so this whole design was just really good mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but we have to talk about we have to talk about colonel zoll's plan of okay. kidnapping children okay and creating this, child soldiers
0: <laughs> uh it's it's hitler youth is basically what it, this feels very much like something that first 13 episodes shocker would do <laughs> we're getting back to get back to the roots a little bit
1: yeah this whole episode felt a lot like a a uh hongo episode like it really did
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah brainwashed child soldiers yeah, that is uh, uh, that's a terrifying concept. That at points seems a little, it seems a bit unintentionally funny. <laughs> it's kind of oh, it is absolutely
1: unintentionally funny. So yeah, um, it's it's
0: just it's such a weird juxtaposition because, like I said, it's a terrifying concept, absolutely horrifying concept that ends up being a little bit funny.
1: But the little kids. Dressed up like little shocker soldiers with these and big apparently, guns apparently and...
0: they have they they have uniforms for women, but we've not seen a single woman, other than the fishnet squad and the occasional general, <laughs> who dresses right.
1: like that. right. <laughs> and uh, and and they have the they have the trademark uh, shocker laugh, which is the. <laughs>
0: and they're running around with like that's part of the
1: brainwashing
0: yeah and they're running around with guns and
1: (laughs) one of the girls i have to I, i wanted to bring this up one of the girls uh who gets kidnapped uh she is a friend and uh somewhat of a rival but in a friendly way of Goro who, who we've have talked about before. Cause he's been on the show a lot. He's related to one of the writer girls and is a part of team common. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, is, is one of the writer girls His younger brother. Uh, but the, the girl that gets kidnapped is a rival of Goro who, and also a friend, but she is worried about beating him at school. And all I can think is, I don't think you have to worry about Goro being better than you and smarter than you. Cause (laughs) we've seen Goro in this show. I don't think academics are necessarily his strong suit.
0: (laughs) Well, but he is still a common Kenny actually. So basically we have a squad of evil common Kenny's in this because they're all supposed to be a squad of
1: evil common Kenny's.
0: Yeah, because they're supposed to be a bunch of very intelligent children. So, moral of the story, heroes of the internet, if you want to not get Shocker's attention, get bad grades.
1: Don't do good in school, kids.
0: Or Shocker will get you. Don't
1: stay in school or you'll be kidnapped by an evil pseudo-Nazi organization. (laughs) (laughs) That is the
0: lesson of the week. Also, don't become an incredible athlete because they'll want you then too. Basically, don't excel at anything and or else Shocker will get you.
1: Don't be exceptional. <laughs> be mediocre.
0: Being it has worked for me, me for 32 years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why Shocker has not come to get you. See? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, uh, which means we probably have several friends who might want to, you know, watch out for dudes in wearing, you know, lucha masks and wearing giant wrestling belts. Just saying.
1: Now we talk about how this is a different time and things are different, especially for kids during this time period. I still feel like Goro going out and catching a cab. And telling the taxi driver <laughs> that he'll pay him later, just go, is still
0: a little off. <laughs> okay. Okay. My friend Ben Avery, who's a writer and a podcaster, has this thing that he calls a gimme. Which is that when you're experiencing a story and something a little bit crazy happens, the st- the story is, has to basically ask you, just give me this one. You know, don't just go <laughs> along with it. And he says a story can only do that so many times. So I think this might've been one of those gimmies. just like kids, hail in a cab and tell him chase this guy down. I'll pay you later. Just, just give me.
1: Well, my favorite part is the taxi driver turns out to actually be Taki in disguise <laughs> for some what? reason
0: pull out convenience
1: <laughs> like why why is this a thing i i'm not i'm not angry about it because i like talkie and this was fantastic but i still have to ask how why what
0: <laughs> like i said lot convenience <laughs> <laughs>
1: I also really love there's this moment where uh where Sentapiras says to Common Writer when Common Writer shows up that you know he this was all a trap for Common Writer that he knew that uh if they captured Goro that anytime uh Goro is in trouble Common Writer shows up. And all I'm thinking is see this is why Superman works alone because <laughs> Everybody knows, everybody knows Hayato and knows that if they put any of these team common Rider people in trouble, that he's going to show up.
0: Did you just make a Batman and Robin reference?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, hey, Travis, it, it, what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> The Ice Age. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, of course, my favorite moment from that is Santa who's holding the unconscious Goro in his arms.
0: Okay, by the way, by the way, you know how Santa Paris knocked the child out? He hugged him.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah. He hugged him into unconsciousness. We'll just add that to the list of set <laughs> of Santa Paris's <laughs> superpowers. We have to add that one. There's another right. one I forgot. We'll have to add the. We need to keep a tally now of all of Santa Paris's superpowers. So the uh, I don't know what you would call this. Uh, you know, knockout hugs. <laughs> You know,
1: that's one. <laughs> <laughs> but but Pyrrhus is holding goro the the unconscious goro in his arms and then common rider is going to fight him so what does centipiris do he just tosses goro off to his side <laughs> like just just like so unceremoniously just throws this unconscious kid to the side <laughs> And starts to fight. It is,
0: And apparently like, the child oh. does not wake up. That is how good the knockout hugs are. <laughs> they are coma inducing.
1: <laughs> it reminded me of a few episodes back when we had the the moment where uh, one of the Kaijin of the week threw the little kid through the air. <laughs> he just frisbeed through the air. It's like, what are you doing to these kids?
0: (laughs) What is... uh, Keep in mind, this is shocker. They are guilty of many things. And now we have to add child abuse (laughs) to the list. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Overthrow of governments, genocide, mass murder, child abuse, jaywalking. They've done it all. Yes. Uh,
1: So... (laughs) Then, then we get the biggest surprise which i mean <laughs> if you if you were paying attention to the plot breakdown uh it's not that big of a surprise but the biggest surprise I, uh watching I this episode
0: seriously considered this for what the henshin i really did which I is almost i almost want to switch but go for it
1: Giba condor is back
0: oh not just him
1: saracenian is back which By the way, Saracenian is not a Hayato villain. He was neither of them are.
0: Geba Condor. No Geba Condor. No Geba Condor. Geba Condor was in. I think it was episode twelve. It's the first episode. Taki shows up.
1: That's right. Yeah, it was. It was Taki, but it was still Honda. Now
0: Fujioka is that the the actor's name? Yeah, Fujioka is not in it but it's right. still hongo
1: right yeah because that was that that transition period when he was he was hurt so they were using a stunt double to fill in for him but so the character was still there but the actor wasn't but yes. yeah yeah so both of these Oh so, which also are,
0: means this is the second resurrection for both of them
1: yeah because they've and both we, they, been resurrected it, before
0: <laughs> yeah. And the, in, you know, in the epic episode 13 and uh, the only explanation we get is Hayato's like, oh no, they must have resurrected. I was like, really? They could just do that? Casual Kaijin resurrections? You really want to know what it is? They were like, well, we need, we need Hayato to fight some people because we don't want him to fight for whatever reason. We don't want him to fight Santa Paris all the time. So, uh, you know, what suits we still got in storage? Oh, you got those two? Okay. Write one little hand wavery line in there to justify it. Well,
1: okay, no, you know what it was was the only the only uh other people besides Santa Paris to fight are the army of children, and having Kamen Rider punch yeah. a bunch of little children probably wouldn't have been so great. Uh so they had to come up with another villain, a couple of villains why for him not, to punch.
0: Why not? why not just have it be shocker goons i just
1: why not have it be hayato villains i I mean i'm not i'm not like knocking it gibba condor and saracenian are they did a really good job with it but i was just really confused of why these two were the ones that came back when they are not from the hayato era they're from the hongo era
0: yeah it's odd it's it's just it feels terribly random we can identify why uh, pro- why they were probably there but it still feels a little bit random why not cactogran or one of the other yeah one of the other villains that have appeared during hayato's run as comic yeah
1: but again i'm not complaining because gibecandor and saracinian are really great and saracinian actually talks in this one actually both of them do because i don't think either one of them actually talked <laughs> Yeah. in the episodes uh, yeah, that I they did. were in
0: Condor I think yeah. we had that discussion at least about Gavacondor cuz Gavacondor just kind of just made weirdo bird noises or something
1: yeah he was he was the you gonzo know. Yeah,
0: basically. Yeah, basically. And speaking of Goro making his first appearance in a Gabba Condor episode, we need to talk about what apparently the show... We joked about this a few weeks ago, but apparently we were right. The show has forgotten that Taki's supposed to be married because in that first episode with Gabba Condor, he gets married. They make a big deal yep. out of that. And yet, Goro says that he's quote-unquote all alone in the world. Taki, Taki, excuse me. Uh, Taki, I have it wrong in my notes, I'm sorry. Taki says, I am all alone in the world, and he thinks of Goro as his little brother. Did you forget that you're married? You have a (laughs) wife. You have a wife. Did you get divorced or something off camera and you didn't (laughs) tell anybody? Okay, I get Please. it. You don't have any siblings, and maybe your whole family is gone. But you're freaking married, supposedly.
1: <laughs> we said this was going to happen. We said that the show had actually forgot that he had gotten married, and then, yep it, it it's it's true. It's true. The show it has seems actually like it forgot. <laughs>
0: it's so great it's so great but nobody passed those notes around in the writer's room (laughs) i am not complaining of course you're not you weirdo but
1: (laughs) i'm not complaining because we get this nice beautiful moment where Taki is like i'm all alone in the world i don't have any family or and and so i view goro as my little brother and and hayato just kind of reaches out to him and says so do i i am the same (laughs) they're all alone in the world they only have each other
0: (laughs) oh god what was the super couple name that you came up with for them uh
1: was it hayaki i think it was hayaki
0: no uh i think it's takiato
1: or Takeyado. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, either one, really either one works,
1: but the ship the oh, ship man. is still sailing strong.
0: <laughs> oh, God help me. There's still seventy <laughs> episodes of this to go. Uh, uh, <laughs> of course i don't know what could happen in those 70 episodes i know hongo comes back maybe hongo going to come back and they're going to have such an epic bromance they will have like a bromance triangle or something
1: <laughs> I- oh man oh 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 just the epic love triangle between hongo hayato and taki <laughs> can we talk about brainwashed children um. Uh, sure. What do you want to say about brainwashed children?
0: They have the aim of stormtroopers. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they absolutely do. <laughs> but only when, again, but it's like stormtroopers. It's like stormtroopers because when they're, when they're out on the range being trained, they're, uh, they have the accuracy of snipers. You <laughs> send them to interrupt the shipping between (laughs) Takiato, and suddenly they can't hit anything that is six feet in front of them (laughs) it's so great they're just aiming they burst the door (laughs) down they basically kick the door down making the funny noises and they start shooting but they seem they, they they keep shooting about five feet above everybody's head, and They're they shooting. never stop to think lower the guns. They're just hiding behind a table. We have bullets. They're just this will go them go through a table. Them. <laughs> yeah, and then after Taki and Hayato just let them do this. they they just pick up the coffee table that they kicked over to hide behind, and then just casually walk through it, and they they just, they part the the children of the Shockhorn, like the Red Sea. Taki and Hayato become Moses, and just part the (laughs) sea of children, and then they just walk through, and then they lock the door, and then Goro is suddenly turning into Drill Sergeant, and he's like, ah, break down the door! Oh, I get away so i'm just like the shocker goons are looking at you saying you're incompetent it proves well that that moment
1: (laughs) that moment proves that whether he's brainwashed or not goro is a little jerk and i love him
0: (laughs) well and then they they just kind of sit stand there let them escape, and then lock the door, and then they decide that they're going to use plastique. <laughs> plastique gonna or blow, something.
1: They're going to blow the door up with C4. It is so great. <laughs>
0: i just... What is it's going on?
1: Standing on the other side of it, like, what are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> do
0: <you> <laughs> move. <laughs> that door's going to blow. I just... I just... I just... I, I can't even it's just <laughs> I, <laughs> like I said this is a horrifying concept that ends up becoming an unintentional comedy
1: <laughs> it is great it is great but we do get a really awesome moment where Hayato as common writer, is fighting three Kaijin at once which is really epic. He's fighting Giba Condor Saracenian, and Peras.
0: Yes, which I think that's the most Kaijin we've seen fight Kamen Rider since what, episode 13?
1: Pretty since sure. episode 13, I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all—it's the most we've seen a Hayato fight at all because, uh, yeah, Hayato up to now, I think has only fought
0: one monster at a time. Yeah. And this was, it was at this point that I actually came up with an idea that honestly, I think would have actually helped the episode. Because it would have made all uh, these, (laughs) because it would have made the sudden appearances of these kaijin a little bit more interesting. And that is if Santa Perez used his hypnotic powers on Kamen Rider and Geba and Saracenian are hypnotic illusions.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a Mysterio from Spider-Man type thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so Kamen Rider tries to fight these other two kaijin and they're not really there. And then and then, Sintipedrus can just swoop in and actually score hits on him because he'll be too distracted. That would have been cool, but I didn't write the episode. So, yeah.
1: But we do get a couple of new rider moves. Uh, You know, we've got the rider kick, the rider jump, the rider punch. Now we also have rider power and the rider throw,
0: which we've had before. And I swear he said rider dive, but it was subtitled rider throw
1: maybe maybe but either way it, it's great just a couple of couple of awesome writer moves to finish off yeah. the kaijin
0: yeah and it's at that point that i started wondering is santa Perez drunk he sounds like he's drunk go home you know what just writer kick him and put him out of his misery and you know what you know what the writer kick in this episode before we've seen him writer kick things and then they fly off and explode a building okay right this got another power up somehow now the writer kick is so powerful it makes Santa Paris spontaneously combust through the magic of just making fire pop up on you know from under the camera and it makes Colonel Zoll's control panel, which is miles away in their base, explode just yep. because.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was really epic. I really liked that. The fire thing was kind of cool, but then to actually have the the control panel explode and then Colonel Zoll just stare off into the distance and be like, Santa Paris has died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for confirming that, sir
1: yes thank you uh but as soon as Cinta paris yeah. is thank you gone, for confirming
0: that evil nick fury
1: evil nick fury <laughs> uh, oh man okay that's going to be the title of the episode next week
0: <laughs> <laughs> evil nick fury
1: <laughs> but uh but yeah as soon as Cinta paris is gone the brainwashing or the the mind control is done so all the kids go back to <laughs> normal yeah they're excited to and see they're not Rider. and they never
0: once and they never once stopped and look down and be like why are we wearing dumb uniforms and what's with what? this makeup
1: <laughs> why are we, we holding guns <laughs> <laughs> and this episode ends with common writer and Taki riding off with Goro and I forget the girl's name, but the, but his, his friend uh, and, and rival at school uh, riding on the back and the rest of the kids just kind of chasing them down and waving. And all I'm thinking is, are we just going to hope that these kids can find their way back home? Like you're not going to take them home. You, like you rescued the, these kids who were kidnapped by a guy in a van Brainwash down by the river, <laughs> and then you're just gonna ride off and there and leave them there. Like you're not gonna take them home.
0: Different times. <laughs> just, either that or maybe, uh, either that or maybe, not only where they trained and programmed to use explosives and guns, maybe they can drive now
1: i would love for these kids i know it's not going to happen but i would love for these kids to show back up in a future episode and some of the shocker training is still like embedded in their (laughs) their subconscious and they just like they they just show up out of nowhere and like take out some of the shocker goons and common is like what (laughs) (laughs)
0: goro i didn't realize you were so awesome Just, just comment right
1: now. I've only got
0: kids to help him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goro can be like, it's fine, Kr. It's only gonna take about ten years of therapy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Probably gonna take a while to to get over all this, uh, all of this trauma.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, if this kid was anybody else and this was any other kind of show, this is the origin story of a super villain.
1: oh man and with that i think we can move on to our awards for this week
0: all righty first up is the henshin kick award for the best stunt or fight scene uh we've already talked about mine so i'll just throw it out there again Uh, the fight scenes from episode 26 where they're on the sand that can't have been easy in those costumes with those boots and everything they're clearly sinking into the sand and they're doing some pretty cool choreography but they're also not doing probably as much as they probably could have because it's shaky ground and also indiana dunes so right we have to pick that one
1: indiana dunes the sequel to indiana jones also a crossover with dune
0: i was <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's directed windy. by steven spielberg and uh what's the new guy's name villanueva
1: <laughs> yeah villanueve uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, watch yeah, it. No, <laughs> mine is uh my Hinch and kick award goes the same to the same uh but spe- for me specifically it is the uh moment where they are tumbling down the sand uh where they're just kind of like what do you call it's not cartwheeling, but they're like, it's it's common writer and uh the ant lion the ant thunder are locked in kind of a a wrestling like deadlock, and then they just kind of roll into a ball over top of each other and roll down this hill it's really it was a really neat stunt and and you can tell that like they physically actually did it and it was uh they actually rolled down this hill which you know i I just it was a really nice stunt and i kind of liked that
0: yeah and now off we go to talking the best special effect so, again, we've kind of talked about mine already, and mine is the Santa Paris costume, specifically the mask, just because I loved how the actor's eyes just pop. And maybe that was done so that it would make him feel more hypnotic, if that makes any sense. You know, it, it seemed more mesmerizing with the children.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, my uh, talking toku award goes to uh, the sand pits that they did. I think they did a really good job with the sand pits in that first episode uh, that we talk about this week, but especially the scene where the sand pit swallows up the car. Like obviously yes. it was a, it was a model car. It was just a, a little, it was a toy car. It wasn't the full size car, but when you're dealing with vehicles and not people, you can't always tell whether it's a model or, or the real thing. And so it actually blended pretty well and made it look very realistic as a full size car being swallowed up by this giant sand pit. And I, I really like that mm-hmm. scene.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the couple who were in the car, they get away for a second, then they sink and then antler thunder pops out and gives us some very convenient exposition while he's talking to himself
1: with his big like madonna lips just flapping (laughs) uh, they're they're so crazy
0: (laughs) i have several madonna songs playing in my head now thank you i guess anyway and now speaking of speaking of lips and singing (laughs) coming at you the coming at you were for the best line Ah, uh, well, I'll let you go first, Travis, since we've talked about yours a little bit already.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mine's the the writer girl. Uh, I've mentioned it. You know, I'm Yuri. a woman. I wouldn't Yuri. Uh, she says, I'm a woman. I wouldn't hurt a fly uh, coming from the black belt who has beat up multiple uh, <laughs> shocker goons. But I did have a runner up um it was in the first episode that we covered, uh, which was Taki talking about colonel zoll uh he actually knew who colonel zoll was because of the fbi working for the fbi colonel zoll has taken out some fbi agents before and uh taki says it's time to avenge my colleagues and that was just a really cool
0: line okay yeah mine goes back to santa paris and now we have to add another item to his list of superpowers this one really makes no sense. <laughs> but there's a point where he's fighting Hayato, who for whatever reason doesn't henshin. Early, he's so cocky, he thinks he's going to take this guy out without henshinning. Okay, dude. And, he's, uh, and then Santa Pera says, have a shot of my brain melting radio waves and die in agony. <laughs> and then he starts making a weird noise that sounds like toho flying saucer sound effects from the 60s <laughs> you know what i'm talking about you watch monster zero uh-huh. and, was like, <laughs> yep. and then hayato's like oh my gosh my brain cells he actually he literally says oh my gosh my brain cells <laughs> like, yep. what, just, what? Yep. I, I, dude you his were just brain making his was melting to, you, you were just making up superpowers at this point <laughs> you might arguably be the most powerful kaijin we've ever had because you have a bunch of very unrelated superpowers <laughs> i just... you know i okay. wonder i
1: i don't know much about centipedes c- Center centipedes center. from the center from the center of the earth you know those those ones. <laughs> no, uh, centi- centipedes uh, I don't know much about them but I wonder if they do actually like make noise or or like have sound that they use to to hunt or whatever because uh there's another movie uh which which movie was it it was love and monsters where the giant mutant, centipede actually uses like sound to uh paralyze its victims before it attacks so it's like maybe maybe just centipedes use sound to hunt and i just didn't know that
0: anyway let's talk about something potentially more interesting which is the wth what the henshin award and we've we hinted a bit at yours but we haven't quite talked about mine so i'll let you go first again travis
1: uh yeah mine is just what i call the children of the shock corn because (laughs) it is just the entire concept of capturing these children brainwashing these children and using them to be child soldiers in your effort to take over the world it's of course of course <laughs> um it's not like the worst idea for a villain plot uh and i mean because child soldiers exist in the real world so uh yeah that's a thing uh although but they call the, it
0: junior shocker which sounds like some sort of middle school club
1: but <laughs> it is it is the whole way that they go about it in this episode is just the r- most ridiculous and and unintentionally hilarious stuff just the training the the having a meeting with them and they're doing the salutes and in their little <laughs> leotard costumes and it's just it, it is such a oh man this whole episode was just nuts
0: all they needed was to give them little lucha masks to complete the yes. package
1: would have loved the little lucha mask, but then you wouldn't have seen their dead eyes that tells you that they're being hypnotized. Their dead, dead doll eyes that these kids yeah, but had. then they could have,
0: but then they could have justified the fact that they can't see well enough to shoot people.
1: <laughs> true, true.
0: Uh, all right, and mine is actually from the previous episode. As nuts as that one was. The one, the one moment out of these two episodes that just gave me the biggest shock, pardon the pun, uh, was something that I'm like, why haven't they done this before? And are they going to do it again? Or is it just, we needed to do this now sort of a thing. So the cyclone can teleport. Yep. (laughs) You didn't know? Apparently uh, KR2 just has to hit a button. Wasn't it on the belt? It he, he was on yeah. the belt, right? He hit a button on the belt and pop, the Cyclone just magically appears. I don't mean like it comes like vrooming from off camera. No, I mean, it literally is like, blah, 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 blah. there it is. It just appears out of nowhere. Yep.
1: I mean, obviously, it, it do of, that? Course, of course, <laughs> the Cyclone can teleport.
0: I'd like to know when it was able to do that. And, and I want to know. Has
1: not used it a million times before now? Because it seems like that would have yeah. helped in a lot of other circumstances.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, scaling a building and then being able to basically jump from building to building. I can roll with that. Teleporting out of nowhere? WTH. So... (laughs) And I'm going to take a wild guess and say that's never going to happen again. Uh, Amazing piece of technology. Yeah. So, yeah... Huh, hmm. <sighs> apparently he gassed it up with plot convenience this week <laughs> just <laughs> say all right and with that travis it is time to move on to minute to henshin it <laughs> and since you've been gone for a couple of weeks i'm gonna let you go first Yay! All right, Travis, on your mark. Get set. Go.
1: Uh mine's going to be really short this week because what else is there to say other than I just I love Taki. I mean, he has style, he has flair, he has really curly hair. Um uh, the actor who I don't I, I can't remember the actor's name, but he pulls double duty in this first episode uh that we did this week and yeah he does it really well playing both good and evil taki and we also get introduced to one of the most memorable villains from shocker which is colonel zoll uh who's just so much fun to watch he's evil he's would you say evil nick fury uh just 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 a good fun time all around
0: wow uh you're doing better than the drifters on the drift space Know, where they do Fanboy 50, and I mean, you're uh, you're finishing in 45 seconds, telling you, keep banking this up. We're gonna have to let you have you know, a full episode with all that time you <laughs> banked, where you can just wax poetic about Common Rider.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll just sit here and just sing evil talkie, evil talkie.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness, anyway, it is now my turn, henshin. All right, so. Getting back to Common Rider after taking a few weeks off and much like you said, Travis, the Colonel Zoll, great addition to the cast. We actually get to have a bit of a face to the Shocker Elite, even though he's basically just another general. You know, it's the outside managers coming in to whip your store into shape. It just happens to be a pseudo-Nazi. So cr- uh, kudos there. I really enjoyed both of the Kaijin of the Week this week. I'm, like I said, I'm a little more partial to Santa Paris and, I mean, Children of the Shockhorn. You know, this is how you make a horrifying concept, unintentionally hilarious. And <laughs> uh, not quite Musasa Bito, but it's up there. It's up there. I got that done in 54 seconds. Booyah. All right. <laughs> All right. And... Before we start closing up shop, I do have one housekeeping item that I want to make sure I mention to everybody. Uh, The the Saturday after this episode drops, which will be November 6th, I will be participating in the Extra Life event, which is a 24-hour gaming marathon that raises money for local children's hospitals. I joined the Theology Gaming team to do this, and... I will be streaming on their Twitch channel. I believe it'll be their Twitch channel. If it's not, I'll let you know. I'll make a little promo and let you know otherwise. But I will be, reason to am bringing it up to all of you, this is relevant to your interests, I will be streaming Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I will be going through the story mode in that, and if I have some time left over in my shift, I'll play some online multiplayer matches.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, watching this and seeing how it turns out. And it's for a good cause, so really great. mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like I said, I'll give you more details later. Like I said, I'll probably drop a little promo into the podcast feed to give you some more information.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we want to say thank you for listening to the Henshin Man, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan?
0: Whenever you visit Indiana, Travis, I'll take you to a Fort Wayne Henshin Caps game.